How are you doing? My name is Christopher Brown, host of the podcast Sports Talk with Chris, and you're now tuning in to my newest episode. Sit back, relax, enjoy, and have a great day. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. Man, it feels good to be back recording audio, you know, podcast episodes. Man, I feel like I haven't dropped one in a couple weeks. Now, if you haven't watched them already, I've dropped at least three YouTube videos by the time you're hearing this. My YouTube channel is Chris Wavy TV. The link will be in the description below. If you follow me on my social medias, those links are also below and they're in my bio. You click the link tree in my bio, my social media, and you're going to see all the different platforms I'm on. Select the YouTube platform. Go watch those YouTube videos. Let me know what you think about them. But today, today is all about this episode. And this is going to be a very fun and very interesting episode. And it's all about the NFL. In this episode, I'm going to be giving my early takes and predictions on the season. Now, I know this is not my official preseason predictions. You know, we're still in the offseason. There's still some players that I believe are going to get signed. We might see some trades or some guys unhappy with contracts. So until, I want to say, a week or two weeks before the season, maybe, you know, a week, two, three weeks before the season, that's probably when I'm going to give my official preseason predictions. You know, in this episode, I'm not going to go fully in depth in all the picks I have, you know, because I'm going to be talking about the awards from MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'm going to be talking about, you know, teams and players that I think will have breakout years, teams and players who I feel like are going to be disappointed. I'm going to be talking about my Dark Horse teams. I'm going to talk about a lot in this episode, and I'm not going to go fully in depth in every single pick. I'm going to wait until my official preseason predictions to do that. However, you're still going to be shocked when you hear some of these names. Again, this is not my official preseason predictions. You know, some of these picks may change, but some may stay the same. We're just going to have to wait and see. But let's kick it off right now. Let's start off with the awards. Start off with the highest awards you can get, MVP. My three early picks for MVP. Number one, I'm going Matthew Stafford, quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. Matthew Stafford, to me, has been the top at least 12 quarterback in the game ever, you know, for the past, you know, you could say seven, eight years. Definitely one of the most talented quarterbacks in the game. He was just in a situation that when you're a top seven, eight quarterback, you know, top ten quarterback, that's not a situation you want to be in. Your team never gets better. They really don't add a lot of pieces around you. You can't draw in free agents. You keep getting wrong coach at the wrong coach at the wrong coach, but you want to stay loyal. You know, even Aaron Rodgers, who some people consider the best quarterback in the league, who was in the same division as Matthew Stafford, said this dude is one of the best in the game, but doesn't get the recognition he deserves. This year, he's playing in Los Angeles with the Los Angeles Rams, who's been in the playoffs for the past couple of years, who was just in the Super Bowl, I'm going to say, no more than three, four years ago. This team, again, has Super Bowl aspirations. And so when you bring in a top quarterback, that name value, you know, people that know the game know how talented he is, he's going to have a lot on his shoulders, and I think he's going to live up to it. Again, this is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the game. Now you're getting him with an elite coach, a top 10 coach. I can't think of a time, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, that Matthew Stafford had a bona fide top 10, arguably top 5 coach in the game. I look at the weapons he has. Yes, at times, you know, he had Metatron, uh, Megatron, you know, he had Kenny Galloway, but he could never stay hurt. You know, I think with a better coach and some, you know, reliable weapons and Robert Woods, who's been a reliable wide receiver for the past couple of years, and Cooper Cup, who's been one of the most underrated, you know, one of the best slot receivers in the past couple of years. You got Tyler Higby, a tight end you can trust. You bring in Deshaun Jackson of healthy and still a top five deep threat in the game. And you have a good running back, you know, group with Henderson and you got Cam Akers. Again, I believe in Sean McVay and I believe he can really, you know, show people how talented Matthew Stafford is. So I expect Matthew Stafford to have MVP type year. I'm looking at numbers like over 4,500 passing yards. You got to understand we're getting another game as well. So you can add in another 200, 300 maybe, you know, yards. So I'm looking at 45 to between 45 and 4,800 passing yards. I'm definitely looking at at least 35 passing touchdowns. If Jared Goff was able to have the success, you know, Matthew, you know, if Jared, if Jared Goff was able to have that type of success, what do you think Matthew Stafford is going to do? Last year, playing hurt all year, he still had over 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. Again, I'm adding another 800 possible yards to that and probably another 10 touchdowns. I expect a huge year from Matthew Stafford, and I don't think I'm going to get disappointed. Next on my list, sticking with quarterbacks are in a new situation. I'm going Carson Wentz. Now, a lot of people that know me, they're probably either thinking I'm stuck on a Carson Wentz bandwagon or they just think I'm full of hope. Understand this. Before last year, people calling Carson Wentz trash, 
let's be honest. Before last season, who was calling Carson Wentz trash? Because all national media, you know, not all, but most national media was having his back. Because in 2019, with different wide receivers every single year, every single game, he had over 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns, only seven picks. Help lead us to the playoffs over healthy teams like the Dallas Cowboys, who had all the hype around them. And he was just getting nothing but praise. And he has one bad year. You know, everybody acts like he's the worst quarterback in the game. Now, yes, that one bad year was terrible. Yes, he deserves a lot of the blame. But, again, I'm just being realistic because I say this about any other quarterback that was in that situation. You have a different starting offensive line every single game. None of your wide receivers can stay healthy. Running back is in and out of the lineup. And your head coach is a terrible play caller. You're going to struggle. Now, yes, it was some plays where Carson Wentz, you know, made some terrible passes and some terrible reads, resulting in him having 15 interceptions. But for the past three years, he's been under eight. You know, for the past four years, you know, 2019-7, 2018-7, 2017-7, he really hasn't been a real turnover machine. And so now you're putting him with the head coach. Well, well he's in a new situation. You know, I, I you can say that Philly situation ran this course I still think, you know, he only played, what, four years there, five years. I don't understand how that course got ran that fast, but that's another story. But he's in a situation where he's with a head coach that believes in him and he believes in that head coach. There's mutual respect and mutual love. That head coach brought out the best in Carson Wentz, the best I've ever seen. Yes, he might not have had, you know, the most passing yards he's had, you know, his career. That was 2019. But I'm pretty sure you give him three extra games, he's going to break that. Because in those three, uh, 13 games he played in 2017, the year we went on to win a championship, he had 33 touchdowns and 3,200 yards, 60, uh, 60% completion percentage. And why was he able to be so successful? Why was he about to be MVP that year? One, because we had a good defense. Now I look at the Colts and they have a very good defense. Maybe even have a better defense than we had that year. But two, the offensive system. You rely on your running backs. I look at the Colts right now, and they have multiple running backs that I believe that can be uh, rushed for 1,000 yards. You got Mack and you got Jonathan Taylor, who just did it in his rookie year. So they got two running, and they got a third guy who I like. So they got a two, three running back system that they can believe on, believe in, and they can run the ball anytime. And you look at your wide receivers, you have Pittman. You have, you know, T.Y. Hill and you have Jack Doyle. Yes, I believe they should add one more. I, I, I stand on that. I feel like they should have made a trade for Julio Jones. But, however, I talked to some, you know, some of my friends that are Colts fans, and I'm hearing positive things about Paris Campbell. They think, you know, this is the year he's really going to be successful. So, hopefully he can. But if not, they may have to look at adding another wide receiver. But even with the, you know, roster they have now, again, with a head coach that you trust, that he trusts you and he believes in you and he's already put you in the best position for you to succeed before and you was going to win MVP and everybody knew it. What do you think is going to happen this year? And he's extra motivated this year to prove to people that he's not one of the worst quarterbacks in the game. Because again, before last year, everybody had him minimum top 13. Minimum. Had one bad year. Circumstances that, you know, he brought himself and something was uncontrollable. And a lot of people just wrote him off. So I can't wait to see what he does this year. I know it's not for my Eagles. At the end of the day, you know, one, I'm a fan of Carson, so I want to see him do well. But two, also, he needs to do well so my Eagles can get that first-round pick. But moving on to my last MVP pick, running back. This is going to be a shocker some people. I'm going Alva Kamara, running back for the New Orleans Saints. Listen, a lot of people don't understand how talented Alva Kamara is, you know, I saw some people, they don't even have him in their top five. Now, me, I've learned from my mistakes. I've learned from just saying things, especially in the past few years. Everything I say is original. And believe me when I say this, Alva Kamara is arguably running back in the game. And I stand on that. I 100% stand on Alva Kamara is one of the best running backs in the game, if not the best. Understand this, man. Alvin Kamara isn't getting the same type of touches as Derrick Henry's getting. Christian McCaffrey's getting. Dalvin Cook's getting. Ever since he came into the league, he had to split carries with Mark Ingram and now Latavius Murray. This year, I don't know how many carries he's going to split. And this year, I think he's going to get a lot more touches. Drew Brees is gone. The quarterback that they trusted to make all the right reads, all the right plays, he's gone. You lost Jared Cook. 
You know, I like, you know, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. I can't think of his name, but one of, one of the speedsters that they have. I like him. He's good, but can you trust him to beat Traycon? Traycon Smith, I believe. Can you trust him? Believe you can you trust him to be your number two option? Probably can't. So the number two receiving option is going to be Alvin Kamara, and the number one running back option has to be Alvin Kamara. Whether it's you know Taysom Hill or whether it's Jameis Winston, you're going to have to you know put faith in Alvin Kamara, and I do believe he's going to be their security blanket. Not only can you hand him the ball off, but when in doubt, you can dump it to him in the backfield. Last year, he had over 70, you know, he had 756 receiving yards, five touchdowns. He had 83, uh, you know, he had 107 targets. I believe that's going to be uh, at least 150 this year. He had 187 rush attempts last year. I believe that's going to be injured this year. I believe he's going to have to play every single game. I'm going to talk about why a little bit later. So when playing every single game, you're going to get more touches. He's going to have over a thousand yards, you know, rushing. I think he's going to have over a thousand yards, you know, receiving. I'll be honest. Yards from a scrimmage, I believe is going to be over 2,000 this year for Alvin Kamara. I do. Total touchdowns, I believe, is going to be over 20 for Alvin Kamara. I do. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have one of the best running back seasons we ever witnessed. And y'all just going to sit back and watch. Because, again, if he's the number one option, like how Derrick Henry, how Dalvin Cook is, he's going to have those same type running yards. And I look at Christian McCaffrey in the big year he had. That's because he was the number one receiving and running option. Alvin Kamara is good enough to do the same. He just has Michael Thomas next to him. And he just has he just so happens to have a number two running back in Latavius Murray. So he doesn't have to carry all, all, all the workload. But he sure enough can. And I think this year he's going to prove people why he's our – I don't want to give out my running back rankings just yet, but I just say he's one of the best. But now let's move on to defensive player of the year. Let's start at safety. I'm going Jamal Adams again, second year in a row. Listen, Jamal Adams had nine and a half sacks in about 10, 11 games. You got to understand he played 12 games, yes, but how many – you know, a couple of those games he got taken out early because of injury. So, you're talking about 17 games of fully healthy Jamal Adams. He's going to get you 10-plus sacks. He might even give you 12. If he catches four or five picks, I mean, you got a safety giving you close to 100 tackles, five picks, and 12, 12 um, sacks. That's crazy numbers, and I believe Jamal Adams is going to have a year like that. I think he has something to prove. I think the Seahawks team has something to prove. Listen, if things don't go right this year, I believe it's getting blown up. And I look at his team, and I think they're good enough, you know, to really compete for a championship. But they really need a stellar season from Jamal Adams. And I think this year he's going to prove to people why he's the top five safety. Or it will be top three. Next, I'm going with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett last year played 14 games, had 12 sacks. Had another three games, had a couple more sacks. They got Jadavion Clowney. You know, they got a de- good defensive line, so he won't be getting double and triple teamed every single play. Even with the double and triple teams, I think he's still way good. He's more than good enough to beat them, but... If you're leaving this man one-on-one, he's going to dominate. I think I'm looking at Miles Garrett. I think he's going to have close to eight forced fumbles, and I think he might have a 20-sack season. I think this is the year Miles Garrett is really going to put himself on the pedestal. He's really a top-five pass rusher in the game. He has the size. He has the athleticism. He has the skill. you got to stay on the field, and I believe he will do that this year, and I believe this will be his career season in sacks. And enforce fumbles, and tackles for loss, and quarterback hits. I think he's going to be one of the biggest disruptors on the defensive line we have this year. Last, I'm going Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard again had a tremendous year this year. He had ten plus. Well, last season he had ten plus interceptions. The season before, I believe he led the NFL. I think he's probably going to do it again this year. And if he does it again, there's no reason why his name shouldn't be mentioned as Defensive Player of the Year. Every time they throw to his side, he's either breaking it up or picking it off. You know, I understand, you know, how dominant these pass rushes are. I understand how important sacks are, but interceptions important too because I'm taking the ball and giving it back to my offense. And he got 10 of those, which led the NFL. He had the most pass defections, which uh, led the NFL. And this is the second straight year doing it. This year, if he does it for a third straight year, I think his name really, his name really needs to be mentioned. You know, as one of the best defenders in the game. 
I'll switch on the offensive player of the year. First, I'm going Darren Waller. I'm going Darren Waller. You know, I look at the Raiders, man, and, you know, they don't have a lot. But one thing they do have is one of the best tight ends in the game. And, again, you add an extra an, another game, you you know, given more of an offseason, players can stay healthy. I think this year, you know, he's going to get a lot of targets. You know, I believe he will produce. It's really your argument who's the best tight end in the game because he has all the tools, the athleticism. He has the skill. He has the size. He has everything. The only thing, you know, people may question is the play calling, but I believe he will get force fed. And with that being said, I believe he's going to have probably some of the best tight end numbers we've seen in a long time. Keeping it with tight ends, I'm going Travis Kelsey. Last year, Travis Kelsey had one of the best receiving, you know, seasons as a tight end. This year, I expect him to follow it up. I think Travis Kelsey, you know, ha- ha- look when I look at the Chiefs and they're able to have a speedster on the outside and Tyreek Hill and somebody Travis Kelsey that can kill you in inside, just he can just kill you anywhere. I mean, I think he's going to have another break, uh, breakout year. I don't even want to call it a breakout year because he's already considered the best tight end in the game. So I want to say another dominant year. Wouldn't be surprised if he has over 1,500 receiving yards. Wouldn't be surprised if he has over 10 plus touchdowns. I think Travis Kelsey is about to have a phenomenal season. I think this Chiefs offense is about to be on a level we've never seen before. And that's saying something, seeing how this is, you know, some people say unanimously the best offense in the game. And I think it's going to be even better this year. And I think the leading receiver is going to be Travis Kelsey. Lastly, I'm going A.J. Brown, Tennessee Titans. You know, A.J. Brown to me is one of the best young receivers and the best receivers in general in the game. And I'm looking at what Calvin, Calvin Ridley was able to do last year. You know, Julio beside him. You know, the year before that, Julio beside him. Last year, you know, Julio missed a couple of games. But Julio, to me, still went healthy. He's a top three wide receiver. But I think him going there, the more defenses are going to key on him. And that's going to leave A.J. Brown to do what he's already been doing, that's tearing up defenses. Whether that's underneath, whether that these shorts route, whether that, you know, he goes long. A.J. Brown has all the tools in the trade, and I think learning from Julio Jones is only going to make him a better wide receiver. You know, and I think him getting the coverages he wants, him getting a lot of one-on-ones, I think he's going to be able to deliver. I'm looking at a season where I think he's going to have close to 1,300, 1,400 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he has at least 12 touchdowns. Now let's move on to the rookies. Offense of the rookie year, another tight end in the mix. I'm going Kyle Pitts. Listen. You know, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be a freak of nature. He's supposed to be where, you know, a mix between Kelsey and Waller, and that's disgusting. He has the side, the sp- he has the size, the speed. You know, he has the route running. He has everything in his tools. Listen, when you trade away Julio, you're trading away one of the best pass catchers in the game. Yes, you have Calvin Ridley, you know, but can he do it all his own? I'm looking, can he do it all on his own? I'm looking at Kyle Pitts. Not only can he line up as a tight end, but he can also line up on outside. I think. The Falcons are going to use him and use him well, and I believe he might have close to a thousand yards as a rookie at the tight end spot. I believe he's going to be lined up in a different, you know, situations, whether that's the outside, that's the slot, or tight end. I'm expecting him to be used, you know, kind of like rest in peace Aaron Hernandez was. I'm not going to go into, you know, everything that went on with him, but as a football player, you know, this dude was something like I've never seen. Guy that can be in the backfield, guy that can line up on the outside, guy that guy that can be in the slot, tight end. I think that's what we're going to see from Kyle Pitts this year. And if he has a season like that and he produces, I think he might walk away with offensive rookie of the year. Next, I'm going Devontae Smith. You know, now I'm not always the Eagles homer, but understand this. Him and Hurts have a lot, a lot of chemistry. And they're already breaking out this offseason. I'm looking at Nick Sariani and I'm looking at the offensive coordinator. We just brought in for the Chargers. And both guys I trust more, you know, than our old coach. So I'm glad his name's slipping my mind. Could no free shout outs. But, um, yeah, shout out to you. You want a Super Bowl anyway. But the point being is that I think he's going to be used in a lot of different situations. Again, you know, like I said, you know, my one equals YouTube video, I look at our receivers and they can all line up in the slot, all line up on, you know, either outside. They all can, you know, make plays. They all can move around and be versatile. But I think Devontae Smith is really going to separate himself. I think he's going to have a big year. Again, you add another game, you're adding, you know, maybe another 100 yards. I think he's going to have well over 1,000 yards this year. You know, and I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns. Last time going Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, you know, this Pittsburgh team, they need a running game. They need a running game for Big Ben and his team to try to be successful this year. You know, they have arguably one of the toughest divisions. Not even arguably. They do have one of the toughest divisions in the NFL with the Browns, with the Ravens, with the um, Bengals getting even better and getting younger, you know, more dominant. And so 
when I look at Big Ben, he might not be able to sling the ball all the time down the field. So you got to rely on that running game. Najee Harris, to me, you know, he has it all. He can receive. He can run in between the tackles, run between the guards. He can make big plays, make big runs. I think this dude is going to have a stellar year. I think he's going to have, you know, kind of a season like Jonathan Taylor did, but maybe more out the backfield. I think he's going to have close to 1,600, 1,700, you know, all-purpose yards, you know, yards from scrimmage. I think he's going to have a double-digit touchdowns. I think Najee Harris is going to shock a lot of people. Now let's move on to defensive rookie of the year. Number one, I'm going Patrick Sertain. Listen, listen, Broncos are ready. That defense is ready. You know, you put him in a division, and I believe he was the best cornerback coming out the draft. You know, I think, you know, it was close between him and Horn, but I don't want to – I would have won certainly if I'd have had to pick choose, but you put him in the division, he's going to get attacked constantly with Herbert. You're going to have um, Patrick Mahomes. You're going to have Derek Carr. You're going to be in the AFC, and I think he's going to live up to that challenge. You know, I believe if he's able, to, you know, to show that he's, a you know, ready to play right now – type of cornerback, then I think, you know, he's no choice. You know I mean? I think it's a no-brainer to have him in the defensive rookie of the year, especially if he ends off the year with a couple of interceptions, you know, with a couple of pass defections. He's showing that he's not going to be an easy target. Like we see a lot of the young rookies come in, you know, in their rookie year they struggle, but they go on to have, you know, very good careers. I think he's going to come out and make an immediate impact. And speaking of corners, I'm going, I'm going J.C. Horn. Carolina Panthers, listen, I think both these guys are ready to play right this second, right now. You know, yes, I say certain over Horn, but, it, you know, it's not by a huge amount. And I think Horn can shock a lot of people. You know, really one of the only young playmakers, you know, that people think the Panthers have. I think they have a decent, you know, defense. But he's going to get thrown into the fire immediately, you know. And you're in a division where you're going to have the Falcons. You're in a division where, you know, you're going to have, you know, Tom Brady. You know, you're going to have. You know, I'm looking at the Saints. Who knows where their quarterback's going to be? But you trust the head coach that he's going to pick at you. You're going to get thrown into the fire. And I think he can live up to it. I think he won't get burnt. So I think you got to add those two corners in there, you know, for possible candidates for defensive rookie of the year. Then my, you know, guy who I really want to see win it, man, I'm going Christian Barmore, defensive tackle New England Patriots. I don't know how he slipped into the second round. He was by far the best interior defense alignment in this draft. I think a lot of teams could have used them. I think, you know, some teams that passed them in the first round, they got a good pick for them. But I think they might regret on passing up on this guy, Barmore. I Man, I know he didn't play a lot, but I think he has the potential to really be one of the best young interior pass rushers in the game. When I look at the New England Patriots and everything they have, they have the they have their cornerbacks. They have the safeties. They have the linebackers. They have the outside pass rushers. One thing I believe that they were lacking going into the year was that inside pass rush. So you had Christian Barmore, and I believe, you know, you're going to have Van Noy. I think you got Judon. You got a couple other pass rushers on the outside. He's going to be on the guy. He's going to be the guy on the inside. And when you're learning from all those veterans, it's only going to make you better. And when you're already getting put in position for you to be successful because you're playing behind one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time, I'm looking at Barmore, man. I think he might be close to, you know, I give him. I think he might have eight sacks this year. He's going to have a lot of quarterback hits, and I think he's going to have a lot of quarterback pressures. Expect him to really be one of the young guys. Is really because this is a good draft when it comes to pass rushers. Don't get me wrong, but I think he might be the best. Not only just interior, but on outside as well. Now let's go, Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year. My top there. I'm going Bill Belichick number one. Listen, the Patriots, you know, overachieved last year with all the injuries they had and, you know, people catching COVID, you know, people after now, they were still able to go 7-9. and nine. This year, you know, I'm going to talk about later how I feel about them, but if they have the season I expect them to have, he has to be in consideration for Coach of the Year because you're adding, you know, a double-digit, you're going to have a double-digit win season, I believe. You know, you you know could win your division, and when you have a turnaround like that, you know, and everybody said they couldn't do it because nobody believes in Cam Newton, and they end up doing it. You got to throw them in the mix. Next, I'm going Rayburn. Titans. Listen, the Titans, they add Julio. You know, they made a couple moves in the draft. You know, they had a guy, you know, pass rushing Bud Dupree. Listen, if this team is able to win a division, if this team is able to be, you know, top three seed, if they're able to, you know, have 12-plus wins, he has his name has to be in there. I know they've been consistent the past couple of years, but if they're able to take a huge leap. Because last year, I don't know about y'all, but – I didn't truly believe it because I knew the defense wasn't as good as the year they went to the AFC Championship. But if they're overall a better team, a consistent team, his name has to be in there and has to be in the mix. Last full homer, Nick Sirianni. Listen, if the Eagles win the division, if the Eagles make the playoffs from the terrible year we had last year, when you have a turnaround like that, your name has to be in the mix. And I believe we will have a turnaround like that. Not saying we're going to win a championship, but I believe I believe we're going to have a way better season. That's because of the head coach and the new things he's going to bring to the team.
again, sorry for that, but not a homer. But I do think if the Eagles have a turnaround like I will, not saying we're Super Bowl favorites, not saying we're contenders, not saying we have a chance of winning, but if we win a division in the division where a lot of people say we're fourth, especially if we, you know, and I believe to win a division, you're going to have to win at least eight, minimum nine, eight, nine games. That sounds like a coach of the year to me. Now let's move on. Let's go to a comeback player of the year. Number one, I got Chandler Jones. Now these ones, I don't know. You know how outlandish these ones are because I believe these players are great in their own right. I think Chandler Jones, you know, getting a guy back that had a 20, you know, plus sack type of season. You know, I think the Cardinals need him. As J.J. Watt, now I don't, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at the name. I don't think, you know, that it's that big of a move only because how healthy is J.J. Watt going to be, how many downs is he going to play. But, however, you got two dominant pass rushers. I believe Chandler Jones is going to have a great year. I definitely think he's going to have double-digit sacks. I can't wait to watch him in the Gardeners play. Next, Derwin James. You know, Derwin James, for me, went healthy. I think he's a bona fide top five, top three, maybe. But I can't I can't even say that top three too confidently because I haven't seen him, you know, since his rookie year. But I say definitely went healthy top five safety in the game. He can do everything. He has no flaws. The only flaw he has is just staying on the field. If he's able to stay on the field this year, I believe he's going to be one of the best players. And honestly, going back to defensive player of the year, you know, I don't want to throw him in there too early because, man, I got to see him play the first eight games first. But I think he has a chance to win that if he's healthy playing the way I think he can play. But, yeah, I definitely think you can throw him his name in there for comeback player of the year. Lastly, I'm going to go Dak Prescott. Now, I'm the biggest fan of Dak, no. But at the end of the day, he has if he puts up numbers – and his team wins more games than last year and maybe make the playoffs, you know, there's something to be said that Dak Prescott should win comeback player of the year. We're not talking about MVP, Cowboys fans. We're talking about comeback player of the year. Now let's get on to disappointing players. Who I think it's probably going to be a disappointing year. Number one, I'm going Daniel Jones. This is not me having Eagles hate. This is just me telling the truth. When I look at Daniel Jones, somebody tell me how he's gotten better since he's been drafted, you know. Somebody tell me, because he didn't get better from year one to year two. I saw the same player, and the stats went down. The same exact player. Last year, he had, you know, let's pull up the stats. Again, I'm not trying to go too deep, but just for this one, I will. Compared to his rookie year, in one more game, he had less passing yards, 13 less touchdowns, but they're going to say, oh, he had two less picks. Oh, he had four less fumbles. He still had eight fumbles. You know, got sacked 45 times. I think he's going to disappoint a lot of people. I think, you know, and I, I had the hot take on this, you know, a long time ago. This is a make or break year for him. It's a make or break year for him. If I'm being 100, it's a make or break year for him. Because you can't tell me that the Giants don't have some of the best wide receivers in the game from God away to Sharp. You know, the Shepard, you got Evan Ingram, you got uh, Tyler uh, Eifert, I think. You're going to Saquon back. You know, they just drafted the dude from um, from Florida. I can't even think of his name right now. It's pissing me off. Uh, Looney. Not Looney. Um, Tooney. Let me, I'm pulling it up as we speak because I think this dude is going to have a great year. Uh, yeah, Kadarius Tony. And they got John Ross. They got like six wide receivers. You know, I'm looking at running backs. You got Saquon. You know, you got Gary Brightwell, Delaware guy. You got Corey Clement. Listen, he has all the weapons in the world. And I think he's going to disappoint a lot of people, especially Giants fans. He's not going to have the best type season. He's not going to have the season that they expect. I think it's going to be the same season as the first three years. I don't think nothing's going to change. And I think they're going to miss out on the playoffs. Next player I have is Josh Jacobs. Now, with this one, I don't think it's going to be his fault that he doesn't have a tremendous year. I just believe it's the coaching staff, and I believe it's management with, you know, having the Raiders with one of the worst rosters. You know, I look at May, I look at Gruden, and that team had a lot of promise. You come in, you know, you trade away all these big-name guys, you trade away all these guys on the defense, you trade away this past season basically every single person on the offensive line, and you don't retool it. I don't understand what they think they're doing in their head. Um, they should be fired, but they won't. And I think it's going to affect the player's success. You know, do I think Darren Waller's going to have a good year? Yeah. 
I look at Josh Jacobs. I just don't know how. I just don't know how good of a year he's going to have when last year with that offensive line, which wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. He only averaged three point nine yards per carry. Just barely got over a thousand yards. This year the offensive line is worse. He's going to struggle. You know, get into that second level because that offensive line is going to get penetrated. You know, I don't think he's going to get enough carries because. They're going to be in a lot of third and long situations. I just don't feel like Josh Jacobs, again, this is not on him. This is on everything around him. I just don't believe he's going to have a top 10 running back type season. Next, I'm going to go Trey Henderson. He just signed with the um the, 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 the trash Bengals. I can't call him that no more, but, man, it was fun to call him that when they were trash. The past season, he had a double digit sack season. That was due to a lot of people in the New Orleans Saints being injured and receiving a whole bunch of attention. I don't believe he is a top 10 pass rusher regardless of what the stats say in the game now can I be mistaken yes can he prove me wrong yes but for right now I think he's going to prove you know to be a disappointed guy you know for the Bengals sorry Cam you know one of the only you know Bengals fans that I know there's not a lot of there's a lot of them let me not say that but there's not a lot of them that I know you know and he's a diehard one I just believe you signed this guy and I think you might overpay for him and I don't know if he's going to have an impact like your past you know your previous pass rushers were how great they were for their franchise. Next, I'm going to Jalen Smith. This one's a hot take. You know, I think he's not going to have the same type of year he had last year. You know, he's a tackle machine. You know, first, second down, he's a beast. Third down, you know, he's not the best in pass coverage. You know, you get back a healthy Van Der Esch. You sign, I mean, you draft Micah Parsons, you know, with a top 10 pick. You know, you draft Jabril Cox, you know, very good linebacker that can play all three downs, especially third downs. I'm looking at him, Parsons, and, you know, you know, Vanderrush, three guys that don't have to come off the field. I believe, you know, they're going to have a short, you know, short leash with, you know, Vanderrush and with Jalen Smith. I believe when healthy, if you ask me to pick one, I'm going Vanderrush. So with that being said, I think Jalen Smith, you know, as soon as he makes a mistake, he's getting yanked. And when you get yanked, I think Michael Parsons is going to show why he should be their franchise linebacker. I think, you know, Jalen Smith is not going to have the best season he, you know, of his career. I think he's going to be in and out of the lineup a lot, you know. I think he's going to get exposed a lot. And the result of that, Jalen Smith might be traded. But that's another story. Now let's move on to breakout players on the offensive end. First, I'm going Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman, I think, is a guy, well, I not even think. I know is a guy that's going to have a breakout year. I wanted him with the Eagles last year. I wanted him in the second round bad. I'm not going to talk about what the Eagles did in the second round because he is now my starting quarterback. However... I'm looking at Michael Pittman. This dude has the tools to be one of the best wide receivers in the game. You look at the height, you look at the size, you look at athleticism, he has it all. 6'4", 223 pounds. This dude, you know, is going to be, I think, in the future, you know, a very serviceable, you know, top-end wide receiver in the game. Last year, though, he only had 40, you know, 40 receptions, 503 yards, one touchdown. I believe this year, I think his sophomore season is going to be amazing. I think another year in the offense is going to be amazing. I think having a quarterback that can be mobile and can get it to you, you know, a different scenarios is going to help him out as well. I'm looking at Michael Pittman. I think he's definitely going to have close to, you know, 80, 90. You know, I think you might as well double his stats. I think you can double his receptions. I think he's going to be close to 1,000 yards. I definitely think he's going to have way more than touch, one touchdown. I'm not, I don't know if he's going to have double digits, but I do believe he's going to have at least six, seven minimum. I think Michael Pittman is going to, you know, shock a lot of people. Might even draft him in fantasy or pick him up on a waiver wire because I believe this dude is going to show up when it's time to show out. Another player I have breakout year, I'm going Jalen Hurts. Again, not going to Homer, but I am at the same time and I don't care. Sue me. I'm looking at Jalen Hurts, you know, and what he did with the Philadelphia Eagles. He had very good games. You know, he beat the Saints. He was close to beating the Cardinals. You know, two big games against two, you know, top-end teams. Playoff caliber teams. You give him a sophomore season. You give him a better coaching staff. I truly believe bringing Nick Sirianni. I said I feel like he might win coach of the year. The offensive coordinator, I can't think of his name right now for the Chargers. We saw what he did with Justin Herbert in his first year. I look at the Eagles. Listen, we have running back, so he's not going to be asked to throw the ball 20,000 times. We have wide receivers who I trust. We have tight ends who I trust. When healthy, we have a top five offensive line. This year, compared to last year, we got good serviceable depth. So if guys do get injured, we got guys that can plug and play immediately. I think I'm looking at – I know for sure I'm looking at Hurts. I'm looking at 3,000-plus yards, you know, and I'm looking at 20-plus touchdowns. 
I might even up it to 30, you know, if I add in on the ground as well. I think Jalen Hurts is going to shock a lot of people, you know, from his rookie to sophomore year jump. Now he's starting all games. You know, I'm hearing all great positivity things, but I'm reading all articles about the Philadelphia Eagles so far. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the reason why this team, I'll tell you that then, how I feel like they're going to end the year. Next, I'm going Hollywood Brown. Well, I receive a Baltimore Ravens. Listen, I'm going to have more breakout players than disappointing because I got to, you know, I'm going to wait to see. I don't want to, you know, call a lot of people off for having bad years. I, you know, I want to speak positivity into the air. But I'm looking at Hollywood Brown, to be honest. You know, he's not a number one wide receiver just yet. I think, you know, when they drafted him, you know, how can I say this? Yeah, I'll just keep it at that. He's not a number he's not a number one right now. He's not a true number one. I think you look at Tyree Kill and people think that's the next, you know, wave of wide receiver, but Tyree Kill worked on his game. He's a very good route runner. He's strong at the line. He has more than just quickness with him. And like a Hollywood Brown, I think he can have all those things over time. Right now, you know, I think he does have the muscle and the strength, you know, and I think the route running that Tyree Kill has, but I think he's a very good wide receiver. And I think asking him to be number one was a mistake. But if you ask him to be a threat, if you ask him to be a weapon, that's when I think he can show up and show out. You bring in Sammy Watkins, who when healthy is a very serviceable wide receiver. You know, you draft the guy, Terrence Marshall from LSU, who I think is going to come in and have an immediate impact. You got Hollywood Brown, you can put him in all different situations. You can have him in the slot, you can have him on the outside. I think by asking him not to do too much, but to do what he does best, he's going to be better. And I think this year he's going to have his best year. I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has close to, you know, 1,300 total yards, you know, because I think he's going to get some handoffs and motions. I think they might run some wildcat, and I know he's going to get the ball, you know, on the fly. So I think he's going to have a very breakout year, very good breakout year. Next, you know, I'm combining two guys. I'm going to DJ Moore. I'm going to Robbie Anderson, even though those guys both had 1,000-plus yards last year. You're bringing in Sam Darnold, who I believe is a gunslinger-type quarterback. So I believe those guys, you know, they're both going to get close to 1,300, 1,400 yards. You're bringing in Christian McCaffrey. So now you got to, you know, run a game that, you know, the defense have to respect. That's only going to open it up for those two guys. I think they're going to have tremendous years. And so i got to add them on there. And, you know, might as well add a third because Sam Darnold as well. What we've seen from him, you know, his first couple of years has not been the same thing we've been seeing from guys that was in that draft class like Josh Allen, like Lamar, like Baker. We haven't seen that from, you know, Sam Darnold. And I am, you know, firmly believing that it was because of the situation he was playing in. So now you put him with the Panthers, not saying that they're a Super Bowl team. But I look at the weapons that they have, they have a lot of weapons. You know, they got wide receivers, they got a running back, they got a better offensive line. Again, not saying that, you know, he's the next MVP, not saying that they're going to win a Super Bowl, but if you're telling me he's going to have a, you know, a huge jump this year, and I believe, what is his fourth, fifth year, I stand on that. I stand on that. I'm expecting big things from Sam Darnold. I think he can be close to 4,000 yards and close to 28 touchdowns this year for Sam Darnold. He has all the arm talent in the world. He just has to show it. He just has to prove it to everybody else. Last, I'm going to him. I think, you know, I know the Dolphins are going to be another double-digit, you know, win type of season. We had another wide receiver, you know. You let Tua learn the system more. Last year he came out and said in the beginning he wasn't comfortable, didn't underplay, know the plays that well. That's fine. We, all rookies don't have to come out and be MVP their first year. It's okay for them to learn and get better over time and progress. I think Tua really is a talented quarterback. I think he is very efficient quarterback that's going to be able to, to pick apart defenses once he really understands the system that he's playing in. And I look at the weapons that they have, and I'm looking at, you know, Wido. I'm looking at Parker. I'm looking at the tight end that they have. I'm looking at – um. Fuller that they just brought in. They have a ton of weapons. A ton of weapons now. I don't know if I can trust in a running game, and I do believe you have to have a good running game for a quarterback to be successful, especially a young one. However, when I look at those weapons, man, I think they can, I think Tua can do something special this year. I think he's going to show a lot of people why, you know, he was drafted where he was drafted and why the Dolphins made the right decision not to trade him. Next, I'm going to go with breakout players on defense. First, I'm going with Isaiah Simmons. Listen, Isaiah Simmons has all the tools to be one of the best defenders that we've ever seen. Versatile, can line up at different spots, can, you know, rush the passer. I'm talking about what Jamal Adams is doing at safety. Listen, Isaiah Simmons is taller, faster. I don't know about stronger because, you know, I don't think they make him like <laughs> Jamal Adams no more when it comes to hitting. But when it comes to IQ, when it comes to playing the game, when it comes to being in the right spot, I think Isaiah Simmons, yes, he has ways to go. But I believe we're going to see some – we're going to see some crazy things from him this year. You know, I think learning, you know, from Buddha Baker is going to help him out tremendously. Buddha Baker is one of the best, you know, safeties in the game. You learn from Jordan Hicks, one of the best linebackers in the game. I think he's going to be put in different situations for him to succeed. Last year, I look at his stats. He had an interception, two sacks, you know, a forced fumble. 
in a fumble recovery. You know, he had 54 total tackles. Didn't play that much in and out of the lineup, getting spotty minutes. This year, I believe he plays more. You know, this year, I think he's learning more. You throw him right in the fire last year. Again, I don't know why we expect rookies to be so dominant out the gate. It's okay. We've seen rookies learn their first couple of years and then going to be legends. And I think, not saying he's going to become the greatest of all time, but look, 6'4", 238, that fast, you know, that versatile. He can do a lot of things. I'm expecting five-plus sacks, close to five picks, and about 70 tackles. I think we're going to see a stellar year from him. Next, I'm going to Ed Oliver, defensive lineman, you know, for the Buffalo Bills. I said the only thing the Bills are missing for me is pass rushing. I think they really need that for them, you know, on the defensive side to take the next step. And I look at Oliver, he was drafted pretty high for the Buffalo Bills. There's a lot of expectations, and I believe this year, you know, he's going to meet them. Last year, you know, 16 games, he only had three sacks. That's not near good enough. As a team total, they only had 38 sacks. That's not good enough. In a division where you got Cam, where you got Tua, you know, in the AFC where you got Pat Mahomes and you got all these other great quarterbacks, you know, Lamar Jackson, Herbert, you're going to have Wentz, you know, you got the Titans. You're going to have to get after the quarterback. And so I think Ed Oliver, you know, defensive tackle, I think he's going to take a, a big step this year. I think he's going to have close to eight sacks, eight, nine sacks, and that's a lot coming from an interior lineman, especially that he's so young. I think Ed Oliver, not only will he, but he has to have a big year. This Buffalo Bills team really wants to, you know, last year, I don't want to say they overachieved because I've been a fan of them and they were my dark horse, but not a lot of people expected them to be where they were. This year, they have expectations to go farther. And if they want to do that, Ed Oliver has to be a real, real big piece. Next, I'm going another defensive tackle. Same division, Quinn Williams with the Jets. Last year, he had, I believe, seven sacks in 13 games. I think you're getting a coach in Robert Saleh that loves defense. You know, the past couple of years, been coaching guys like DeForest Buckner, been coaching guys like, you know, Bosa, you know, so many, you know, quality defensive linemen. I think this year, you know, because the talent is there for Quentin Williams, like I said, seven sacks in 13 games this year, man, expect a double-digit sack season from this dude. Maybe even a contender for defensive player of the year. I fully expect him to have a monster year, show why, you know, he's one of the future defensive tackles in this game. I honestly think he's going to have at least 10, 11 sacks, maybe 12. I think we're going to see a monster year from him. He's going to dominate. He's going to do his thing. He's going to control the line of scrimmage. And he's really one of my favorite young players in the game. But now I think it's a new energy with the Jets. They're more than just a laughing stock. Not saying that they're going to win a division, but I think they're going to be competitive this year. Lastly, I'm going to go Jeff Okuda, cornerback for the Lions. I think he has all the tools to be successful again. Rookies don't have to come out and be great. Don't, don't have to come out and be spectacular. You know, their first year, I believe you, it's okay to have learning pains. It's okay to learn. I think he learned he had to last year. Now going into this year, I believe he's going to get better. I think he sharpened up all the tools he needed to. I believe he's going to get stronger. I believe he's going to get five-plus interceptions. He's going to be, you know, like he showed in college, a lockdown corner. No, I don't think he's going to be the best corner off the gate this year, but I believe he's going to be more than serviceable. And I believe he's not going to get picked on a lot like he did last year because he was a rookie. I think this year, I'm looking at Okuda, man. I think he's going to have a stellar year. They didn't draft him that high for a reason. You know, we all know how good he can be, and I think this year he's going to prove it. Now, we'll move on to three teams, you know, that I believe are going to be, you know, slept on this year that's going to have very successful seasons. First, I'm going, shocker, Minnesota Vikings. Why am I going Minnesota right now? Who knows what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? We just don't know. Who, who knows what's going on with the Packers? We just don't know. I'm looking at Devontae Adams on the last year of his deal. I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he wants to come back. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back. Devontae doesn't want to come back. They might have to trade them both. Trading two stars. That team's not going to be that good. I'm looking at the Lions. I like them. They're not going to be, you know, that good. It's going to be between the Vikings and the Bears. And right now, if you ask me, I trust the Vikings more than I trust the Bears. I do. Because I don't know who – I don't trust the two quarterbacks that they have in front of fields. You know, I think the coach is very, very good. The things he was able to get, you know, you know, from Mitchell Trubisky. But they don't have a ton of weapons, a ton of offensive help. Right, and They have a great defense. But right now, when I look at the Vikings, they don't have a terrible defense. I think they have a, at least above average, average defense. And they have a very good – you know, offensive unit. Kirk Cousins, I believe, you know, he gets a lot of hate because he doesn't win the big games, quote-unquote, but he wants some playoff games. He's not the worst quarterback. You know, he gets the job done. 
But if not, I do trust in their young quarterback, Keller Mond. I think he's, you know, is starting to make it. But you got Dalvin Cook. You got Thielen. You got Jefferson. You know, you got a decent offensive line. You drafted a young guy. I look at the defense. You bring in, you know, Pat Pete. You got already Harrison Smith. You got Xavier Woods. You still got Bars, Kendrick. You know, on the defensive line, you re-sign Hunter. You bring in. You already got Pierce. You got Sheldon Richardson. I think this team can honestly make the playoffs, especially if the Packers everything goes wrong with them. Expect the Vikings to shock a lot of people. I'm gonna make sure I tag my friend Brandon Herrera. Send him this clip. Me talking good about his Vikings because I always trash him. But honestly, you know, I think they're gonna have a very good season. And I do think, you know, they had a bounce back year. They were one of the best teams the second half of the season. They started off so bad, ended off the season so good. They come in with the same momentum. Plus, like I said, we don't know what's going on with the Packers. Man, they can shock a lot of people. Another team, a team I feel like I'm always talking about. But this year, I think this year is going to be the the year that they play up to their potential. I think it's going to be the Denver Broncos. Last year, they were fourth in their division. However, they saw a lot of injuries. Going into this year, I believe they're going to be 10 times better. I do not think Drew Locke is the quarterback for the future. I still believe they should have traded for Aaron Rodgers. I stand on that. I don't know why they didn't do it. John Elway, I'm disappointed. Yes, you bring in Teddy Bridgewater. I believe he should be starting over Drew Locke a thousand times out of a thousand. Honestly, I'm standing on that. But I like Melvin Ingram. I look at the wide receiver core that they have. You know, I like Sutton. I like Judy. I like Handler. That's a good three wide receivers to have out on the field. I'm looking at Noah Fine. He's a very good tight end. Your offensive line is at least average. I'm looking at the defense. It's amazing. You got Von Miller. You got Bradley Chubb. Some of the top pass rushers in the game. You know, you look at their D-backs, and you go from Kyle Fuller to Pat Sertain to Kareem Jackson to Justin uh, Simmons to Callahan to Ronald Darby. I mean, where do they have a flaw at in this team? When healthy, I think they can really – I think they can really fight for a wild card spot. You're not winning the same division. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes, but I do believe, you know, if they were healthy last year, I think they could have make a wild card spot. This year is going to be tough. The AFC is very, very tough, but that's how much I believe in the Denver Broncos. Next, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Sorry, I don't mean a home. I don't mean to be a homer. I don't mean to be a homer, but I'm just being a realist. And I, uh, listen, this is a team that has been going to be slept on. Last year, you know, everything goes off of, you know, the perception of what have you done for me lately. Last year, I understand how bad the Eagles were. I think a lot of people are overlooking how injuries really affected us, how bad coaching really affected us, how many games we lost that we could have won. Going into this year, like I said, I believe in our coaching staff. I look at our offensive line. You give me Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey, that might be their best right side in football. You know, I like Samalo. He's decent, but we got Landon Dickerson. You know, I know he had injuries, but he could be a guy that could be a plug-and-play. You got Herbert, who I like. You got Pryor, who I like. On the left side, you got Diller and, you know, um, Jordan Mata. I don't know who's going to start, but I like them both. On the defensive end, we do have the best defensive line. I say this. Why? Because as a defensive line, we had the most sacks. You give me Barnett, Sweat. You got Hargrave. You got Fletcher Cox. You got Brian Kerrigan. You got, you know, Ridgeway. You got Brandon Graham. And the young guys we drafted, expect that defensive line to make noise. You know, yes, I think our cornerback our cornerback room is definitely hurting, in my opinion. I'm never going to disagree on that. I like Darius Slay. He can't do it on his own. Maddox got to step up. One of these young guys got to step up. I like the Anthony Harris. Uh, I like the Anthony Harris, you know, pick bringing him in. I wish McLeod wasn't hurt. Glad she was a top 10 safety. But do I expect, do I think we can win more than five games? Yes. Do I think we can win a division? Absolutely. This division is wide open. It's wide open. It's anybody's for the taking. I believe the Philadelphia Eagles can take it. I 100% believe that. Like I said, I think we're 10 times better than last year. Not only with the guys we're getting back, both coaching staff making everybody better. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a phenomenal year. I look at the running back room. We have a great running back room. You know, we drafted a guy from Memphis and Kenneth Gainwell. I like Ken, uh, Kenyon Johnson. Kenyon Johnson, he's going to be the bruiser that we needed, a guy that we can give it to, you know, End of the game, a guy we can give it to to go in between the guard box and make the big play. Get that two, three yards that we need. Miles Sanders, to me, is the top ten running back. You know, Devontae Smith, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham. You know, Dallas Goddard. Come on now. Quez Watkins, John Hightower. Not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl, but I'm looking at the division, and I think we are the best because I believe we have everything. We don't have no holes in our game. The Giants have no offensive line. Cowboys have no defense. Washington questionable offense. We have no holes, and I believe the coach is going to show why we are going to win a division. Now, 
let's move on to three folds as we come down to the wire this episode. Not trying to make it too long. Three folding teams. Number one, I got the Dallas Cowboys. Is this Homer? Maybe. Or is it just me being an unbiased fan? Now, yes, I genuinely, I genuinely dislike the Dallas Cowboys. I have no low, no love in my heart for the Cowboys. I do like some of the players, like Amari Cooper, you know, Alabama guy, like um, CeeDee Lamb, you know, like uh, Zeke. These are guys that I've been a fan of when they was in college. But I'll be honest. What did we all say they needed to add? A cornerback. They did no such thing. We said they needed to add a corner. They still have a very, very pedestrian back end of the defense. Now, yes, they front end is nice. You got Gregory. You know, you got, you know, uh, you got Lawrence. You got Hill. It's a decent, you know, front end. You got Vanderous Parsons. You got Jalen Smith to Bro Cox. You know, you got Keanu Neal, who's probably going to be in the box, Casey, like how, you know, Jenkins was with us. But, man, that back in the defense is still suspect. It's still suspect. So, I think the way they started off the year last year, I think it's going to be the same type of season. They're going to put up a lot of points, a lot of uh, offensive stats. But you look at the win column, it's still going to be single digits. And, listen, somebody can prove me wrong. But for the past how many years, Cowboys fans said this is the year. Every single year, at least for the past six, seven. Definitely since it was it was a couple years before they drafted Dak, honestly. Even when they drafted Dak. Every single year, we hear this is the year. Last year, this is the year. The year before last, this is the year. And yet, every single year was not their year. And so they're saying it again this year. And until this team proves me wrong, they're going to fold like they do always. Because that's the Cowboys way, ladies and gentlemen. Don't confuse it with anything else. They trash. Honestly, I look at their offense. Again, that offense can put up a lot of points on the board. Can put up a lot of points on the board. But what is that defense going to do? Who are they going to stop? Again, the reason why I said the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be slept on is we have no holes in our game. We have one hole. One semi-hole. Right? And that's the corners. But we have a top defensive line. You know? We have a good coaching staff. We have an overall good defense. Cowboys, man, they just all over the place. All right, let me stop before I start hating. Next, I'm going to go Next, I'm gonna go to Pittsburgh Steelers, man. You know, last year I told people what the Steelers were. I told people that, you know, they've been pay, playing some easy competition. Now, I'm not going to hold that against them. You got to beat the competition that's in front of you. But when they got the challenge, they lost. When the challenge of teams came in front of them, they lost. When it came time for the playoffs, they lost. And going into this year, your offensive line did not get better, and that's not good for an aging quarterback. You lost uh, Dupree. You know, you're getting back Bush, I believe. I believe you're about to lose a corner. The defense isn't getting better. I look at the wide receivers, and, eh, you know, they're all right. You got Juju. You got Claypool, a bunch of number twos. You got one running back in Najee Harris, who I like. But, man, I don't know if this team is going to be as good as last year. I don't see them winning the division. They're arguably tied for the third best team between them and the Bengals, if I'm being 100. The Bengals are not that bad, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's the Bengals, so it's hard to say that. But, you know, for a five-year window, they were arguably the best team in that division. And so going into this year, yes, I'm putting the Ravens. Yes, I'm putting the Browns ahead of them comfortably. I do not think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to have a terrible year. I think this is Big Ben's last year in the NFL. Next, I'm going to New Orleans Saints. You know, I do think Alvin Kamara is going to have a big year, but when I look at the rest of the team, I scratch my head. You lose your tight end and Cook. You know, you lose him, he's out of here. Again, your best two weapons is your number one wide receiver, your number one running back, and you really don't have any other single person that you can trust to be a real number two. I like Traquan Smith, but he's not a real number two. He got to prove it to me. He had some good plays, but he got to prove it to me. And then you take him out. Name another wide receiver from the Saints. I'll wait. They got a good offensive line, yes. Got a good defense, yes. But is it good enough to win the division? Nope. Is it good enough to make the wild card? Nope. I don't think this team is making the playoffs next year. Cats out the bag. They got one cornerback in Marshawn Latibor. He might fold this year. You know, 
I'm looking at this defense. You know, you got Cam Jordan. Who else do you trust to make plays? You like Davenport. Do you love him? I think this team got significantly worse. I'm looking at, you know, again, their offensive defense. I'm looking at a lot of missing pieces. And I'm looking at the NFC as a whole. I do not think they're going to be better than the Buccaneers. I look at the NFC West, and I believe all four of those teams are playoff teams, and I believe all four of those teams are better than New Orleans Saints. So you can bump them out. Right now, I'm struggling to choose, you know, struggling between which one I like between them, the Bears, or the Vikings. And who says even if they win 10 games, they make it in the playoffs? Like I said, the NFC West is stacked, and I believe they're going to have minimum three teams in the playoffs like they did last year. And with that being said, or no, they didn't have, they have two last year. They had two. But this year, I believe they'll have three, maybe four. I believe all four teams are better than the Saints. I think Saints fans, you know, they were blessed to have those years with Drew Brees where you won a lot of regular season games and always lost in the playoffs. So at least you had something to hang your hat on during the regular season. But this year, I think it's going to be a struggle. And we're not going to see anything pretty coming out of New Orleans. Now, before I get into my dark horse team, let's get into coaches and players who I believe are going to be in hot seats. First, coaching-wise, let's name some coaches who I believe are going to be in a hot seat this year. Starting off, you want to go NFC or AFC first? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Let's go NFC. Let's go with Pete Carroll. Listen, the Seahawks don't minimum make the NFC championship. He's gone or Russ is gone. They're going to pick between the two. And, uh, you know, I look at, you know, Pete Carroll, and all I know is every time he talks, he keeps talking about running the ball when Russell Wilson has been running for his life ever since he's been drafted. And that has not yet to be addressed. You know, and I'm looking at him and his coaching career multiple times where they should have been back in the Super Bowl, but they haven't been since 2014. That was seven years ago. Yes, Russ is carrying his team, but I look in the playoffs, and that's when the coaches earn their money, and sometimes he doesn't earn his money. The last coaching memory that's burned in my mind with him is him choosing to pass the ball in a one-yard line instead of giving to Marshawn Lynch, and I think that is what he's going to be known for because at the end of the day, who knows what happens if they win that Super Bowl because he's scoring. Who knows what happens? Who knows how things go differently? That started off a wave of players saying that, the team and Pete are, you know, they're believing in Russ more in that defense who got him there and everything left. And it's been Russ by himself. He's been able to keep it afloat. But I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to keep it afloat with his team, addressing what they need to address without this team making adjustments they need to make. I think that all comes from the head coach. I believe Pete Carroll has to prove why he's an elite coach this year. He's gone. He's about here. I think he's on the hot seat. You know, I look at the division, it's tough. But there's no excuse not to win it. You got the best quarterback, the most veteran quarterback. You have no excuse. You have the best, you know, quarterback. I can't say that. Never mind. Actually, you might. I might be able to say you got the best quarterback to coach, you know, tandem. Yeah, I, I can stand on that. You know. Seahawks, man, they better do something. Lum, if you're listening, bro, I don't care. I don't care. Right now, I don't know if you are the best or the worst team in the division. That's how good a division is, and that's how flip-floppy the Seahawks team is. Another coach, we're going to stick with the division. I'm going Cliff Kingsbury. Last year, they should have been in the playoffs. There was a DeAndre Hopkins crazy catch away from losing five, six straight. They should have lost to my Eagles. You know, they had a lot of games they should have won that they lost. There are a lot of games that they won, they should have lost. A lot of games they lost, they should have won. It was just a very inconsistent team throughout the year. Going to this year, you know, listen, Cliff, you got everything. Again, this team, is this division is very stacked. But there's no excuse not to make the playoffs. You bring in James Conner. You bring in J.J. Watt. You bring in A.J. Green. You draft some nice young guys. Kyle Murray, another year in the system. DeAndre Hopkins, another year in the system. No excuse why this team shouldn't make the playoffs. I don't care if they win 11 games and they can't even make the wild, wild card. 12 games, they don't make the wild card. Why don't you win 13 or 14? I think for him, if they, I think for him, yes, they got to make a deep playoff run, but I think he'll be safe if they just make the playoffs and it's like that and they lose first game. I think he'll be safe. They just have to make a legit playoff run. They have to actually be in the playoffs for his job to be safe. If not, I believe he'll be fired. He's in the hot seat. Another coach that's in the hot seat. Let's move on. 
I think Gruden should be in the hot seat, but I don't think he's going to get fired. I, nothing positive has come with him with the Raiders. If anything, like they've only they've been the same, if not worse. They've just been stagnant since he got there. No real change has happened since he's became the head coach. Since Mayock became the GM, nothing good really happened for that franchise. And you know, they have the talent. They have a quarterback. They got a running back. They got a tight end. They got a safety. They got a lot of nice pieces. But what are they doing to supply those pieces around those key guys? with the right players and make the team better to make the team able to win more games, they're able to make a playoff run, able to actually make the playoffs. They haven't been able to do that right now. I think that's a direct, you know, reflection on how bad management, how bad coaching has been. Because I look at the game they lost against the Dolphins. You know, that's a must-win game that you blew because of bad coaching. It's a lot of games they lost this year because of bad coaching. A lot of games. But I don't think he's going to get fired because he got signed to a ridiculous contract. Makes no sense. Any other coach, I believe, should be on the high seat. I think the Bears coach, uh, what was it, Mac Nag- uh, Nagy? I don't want to mispronounce his name. That's why laptops and phones were involved. Uh, involved. But they were made. Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy. Yes. Man, Nagy, I believe he's on a hot seat. Um, I do think he's a very good coach. He was able to get a lot of Mitchell Trubisky, a lot out of, you know, the barely decent weapons that they have. But I think it's playoff, and you got to win a game. It's playoffs, and you got to win a game. And it's going to be tough. That's a tough ask. But I believe, you know, the only thing, you know, that we said going into the year, me and a couple guys, you know, a couple guys I know that are Bears fans, you know, guys that I talk sports with. The only thing that can save their job is either trading for a quarterback or drafting a young one. Somehow, some way, they were able to get their hands on Justin Fields. I believe that might save their job, but it depends on if he plays, you know. Because I don't think they're just going to throw him out there for no reason, which is smart. But that might be the best way to save your job, so who knows. But I do think he's on a hot seat. I do. Now let's switch on the players on a hot seat, you know, real quick. Daniel Jones, he's on a hot seat. Hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. Kirk Cousins is on a hot seat. Sam Darnold's on a hot seat. Uh, what's his name? Why well, can't I think of his name right now? Oh, Drew Locke and Bridgewater are both on hot seats. You know how you got two quarterbacks on hot seats? That don't make no sense. Jimmy Garoppolo's on a hot seat. You know, I'm just naming quarterbacks for now. There's other players. I'm going to wait until the season starts. But if I'm looking at straight quarterbacks, those guys got to perform. They don't perform. They're, they're up out of here. 100%. 100%. I think, oh, going back to coaches, if I didn't name it, already Sean Payton's hot seat, you know. I don't know how he got that contract, but he better live up to it. Dak Prescott. There's a lot of quarterbacks on hot seats, man. Honestly, Big Ben, I believe that's a terrible year. They just need to go ahead and let him retire, let him walk. Loyalty will only get you so far, especially in sports. I like the Steelers. They've been probably one of the most loyalist franchises throughout the years. However, you got to put your future. And I think you would understand, listen, at the end of the day, if you're not making this team better, if you're not playing up to your usual standard, which is a Hall of Famer, I don't know about first ballot, but Hall of Famer then, you know. I believe, oh, Matt Stafford, he's on the hot seat for sure. Him and Wentz. The new situations being hyped up. I talked about, you know, and I'm about to talk about what I think their teams could be. But if they don't perform, man, it look like a failure. They might move on quick. They might move on quick. But now let's move on. Let's wrap it up. Let's go to Dark Horses. Number one, I got the Cardinals. I talk about how all the things that they added and no excuse for them not to make the playoffs, not to win double-digit games. You know, I think this team could be very, very special. And I can't wait to see them play this year. Next, I'm going to Patriots. I stand on if the Patriots got Julio Jones. They'd have been my favorite, not just my dark horse. But you add in six guys from the COVID list. You know, you add in all these different pieces for this roster. You bring in, you know, two wide receivers, two tight ends. Cam Newton, another year in this system. I believe this team is going to flourish, and I believe they have a chance, you know, to shock the world. Next, I'm going to Rams. This team, you know, was a game away from being in the NFC Championship you know, with hurt players, with the, you know, hurt quarterback and a quarterback that's not better than Matthew Stafford. You know, you bring in Matthew Stafford, who's a way better quarterback. You bring in more weapons, you know, offense and defensively. 
this team's definitely, you know, always going to be a dark horse. But this year, I believe they could do something special. Next, I'm going the Colts. You know, the Colts are a very good defensive team. I said, I said it. As soon as he retired, Andrew Luck sadly picked the wrong time to retire because now he got one of the best offensive lines in the game. But I understand personal reasons. You're not trying to go through that stuff no more. But I look at the Colts this year. You got two running backs that could be a thousand yard running backs. You got two wide receivers who I like, and you know Pittman in the system again. I think he's going to flourish. I think bringing over Carson Wentz with the old coach that made him successful, he's going to flourish. And the defense to me is already a top seven defense. You added more pieces, you know. Defensive line wise, Buckner gets another year in the system. Leonard only gets better. Seems going to be special. Now, last time, I'm stuck between the Titans and the Dolphins for the Dark Horse Titans. You know, they've always been a team that I like, you know, the past couple of years. You know, yes, you lose your cornerbacks, but, you know, you bring in a pass rusher and you bring in Julio Jones and you draft in another wide receiver. First of all, bringing in Julio is already more than enough. You're going to win a couple extra games off that, especially if you can stay healthy. But I think this team, the fact that, you know, they went into the AFC Championship two years ago last year. You know, they weren't able to be as successful as they wanted to, but they had gaping holes on their roster. As long as they keep upgrading, you know, because still the offseason, I think they can shock the world. And then the Dolphins, man. I told people last year, if you remember when I did my preseason, you know, and I talked about sleeper teams, the Dolphins were on that list. You know, I remember talking to somebody, you know, on one of the shows that I'm on, and he was like, yeah, the Dolphins, they're, you know, they're going to tank because they, you know, struggled the first couple games. If you look at all the moves the Dolphins made the past two free agents, man, they're not trying to tank. They're trying to win. They're trying to win. They're bringing in free agents. They're trading players. They're bringing in the right pieces for them to be successful. I think what they've been doing the past couple of seasons is really going to set the Dolphins up to be, you know, a very, very competitive franchise. Last year, they were able to win double-digit games. This year, I believe they got better. Yes, I think you lost a veteran in Van Noy. However, I think the guys have grown. They have learned. I think you're going to expect – I think you're definitely going to see amazing things from that defense, especially from that back half, you know, that team. And then when I look at the offensive end, you bring in Waddle. I think Tua, you know, I talk about him having a breakout year. I mean, this team is going to be very, very successful, and I can't wait to watch them. But those are my six dark horse teams, and that's a wrap for my way-too-early takes. Again, I'll run down for you. MVP, Stafford, Wentz, Kamara, Defensive Player of the Year. You got Adams. You got Gary. You got Xavier Howard, Offensive Player of the Year. You got Waller, Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I like Pitt, Smith, and Najee Harris. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I like J.C. Horn, Sertain, and Christian Barmore. Coach of the Year, I like Bill Belichick, Vrabel, Nick Sirianni. Comeback Player of the Year, I like Chandler Jones, Dermot James, and Dak Prescott. You know, disappointing, you know, players, you know, sadly, but this is just how I feel. Jalen, Daniel Jones, you know, Smith, Trey Henderson, Josh Jacobs for the breakout players, you know, Pittman, Hurts, you know, the Carolina Panthers, the offense, you know, 7 17. I like DJ Clark. I didn't name him on there. He's definitely going to be on the real preseason edition ones. I like Hollywood. I like Tua, you know, for the defensive wise, Roquan, Isaiah Simmons, Okuda, Ed Oliver, Quinn Williams. Teams y'all going to be sleeping on, Vikings, Broncos, Eagles, three teams that's going to fold, the Saints, Steelers, and Cowboys, coaches that's on hot seats, a lot of them, players that's on hot seats, a lot of them. And then my dark horse teams, you know, the Cardinals, Patriots, the Rams, Colts, Titans, and Dolphins. And if you'd ask me right now, money, put money on it, who's going to be back in the Super Bowl? I think it's going to be a rematch. I'm going to talk about more for the preseason. But, again, I'm telling you guys now why in this off. The Patriots, they get Julio Jones. To me, we talking about way too early hot takes. They're the best team in the NFL. Peace. Thank you all for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. I really appreciate the support and all the love. All the links to the different platforms I'm on is in the description down below. My Instagram, just in case you just want to put it in now, is sportsw underscore Chris. Sportsw underscore Chris. My Twitter is the same thing, sportsw underscore Chris. Make sure you follow me on my social so we can interact. I post a lot of content every single day. I'm asking, you know, all my followers questions every single day, trying to hear your input, you know, trying to just interact, trying to talk about sports. But again, thank you all for the support, man. I love it. I appreciate it. I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't getting all the support. Make sure you follow me so we can interact and maybe make an episode together. Have a good rest of the day and peace out.